you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the governor of Oklahoma giving the entire state over to the ownership of a minority group, Jesus and his followers. Full-blown QAnon or Liz Crokin's absolutely unhinged ideas about the elites and a speech she gave to Donald Trump at Mar-a-Lago. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. I usually take emails also, but I'm skipping that part for the moment until I get the spam problem worked out on that. Also, I'm pretty low on voicemail, so if you keep your voicemail between 30 seconds to a minute, I am almost guaranteed to listen to it. If it's over a minute, the chances are very low. But if you have a message you want me to hear, then just send in a voicemail. Keep it to about 150 words or 30 to 60 seconds. 600,000 people could vote by absentee in this state. Are you you confident in that system? They'll go out and they'll vote and they're going to have to go and check their vote by going to the poll and voting that way because uh, if it it, uh, tabulates, then they won't be able to do that. So let them send it in and let them go vote. And if their system's as good as they say it is, then obviously they won't be able to vote. If it isn't tabulated, they'll be able to vote. So that's the way it is. This is Donald Trump in North Carolina while he was president, specifically instructing his voters, his supporters, to vote twice, to break the law. Now, I don't know how he didn't get in serious trouble for for saying this. That is illegal. For the record, this is, again, it's from years ago when he was president. But interestingly enough, I actually got a voicemail about something tangentially related. So let's listen to this voicemail, see what see what it had to say here. Hey, Wayne, it's, a, it's Andrew from Saskatchewan, Canada. Um, I just had a little thought that's been um, running around my noggin for a little while. And it's kind of funny how, like, Republicans claim that, like, Democrats are, like, stealing the election from, like, them and whatnot and blah, 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 blah. But, like... Aren't they technically the ones that are doing it? Because if I remember correctly, Donald J. Trump said that like told essentially told his followers to like vote twice, if I'm not mistaken. And isn't like voting twice like a form of like a fraudulent election or stealing an election? Well, just a little thought I have in my head and that I just wanted to get out. Let me know if you agree. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, appreciate the voicemail. Absolutely. Most definitely. That is a form of election fraud for sure. There were actually a lot of Trump supporters that were caught voting multiple times as per Donald Trump's instructions. Absolutely. And it was illegal and they got charged for that. So, yeah, most definitely a problem. But I think for the most part, we've caught all of the people that voted for Trump illegally twice. So that's a plus. I mean, there was one guy whose wife died and he voted for her. He voted on her ballot or whatever. I think he went to jail for that or he got probation or something like that for it. I don't remember. At any rate, the amount of fraud that took place, even on Donald Trump's side, was not enough to sway the election, uh, I, as far as I can tell. So I wouldn't worry about it. It's just another layer of hypocrisy. I mean, there were a billion examples of, you know, people claiming that there was voter fraud on the Democrats' side, when there absolutely was not. Pelosi said there was, that could turn blue. She said that two years ago. So if they cheat. 
Talking about Texas turning blue. Which Mike Lindell said there was 100 million, uh, million votes stolen. So. There are 100 million votes stolen is what Mike Lindell said, really? Dude, these people are completely out of touch with reality. He doesn't even realize how many people there are in the United States, does he? There are only 330 million people in the U.S. anyways. A hundred million votes stolen in Texas? Really? I think there are only 30 million voters in Texas. God, it's just insane, dude. People will believe anything. Hey, Owen, this is Abby from Michigan. Um, as a former Catholic, um, there are some times that I feel nostalgic for certain things about uh, my Catholic faith, like hymns, um, just certain things like that. Is there anything about Jehovah's Witnesses that you kind of miss a little bit or feel nostalgic for, or do you just have completely horrible feelings towards the whole thing? Thanks. Bye. Yeah, I appreciate the voicemail. Good question. Um, I don't think that there's anything that I personally feel nostalgic for. A lot of people I'm told when they leave Jehovah's Witnesses feel like they're missing something really important in their life, which makes sense because leaving Jehovah's Witnesses means you lose your friends and your family and, and everything. And there is a very tight-knit bond between everybody in the congregation. So it makes sense people would feel like they lost that. They lost something significant. Um, but I gained so much more. The ability to be myself, to think freely, you know. There are a lot of people who keep up their re their religious rituals after leaving religion behind. Not me. There weren't any real religious rituals happening in Jehovah's Witnesses anyways. There's nothing of real value to keep when leaving the organization. But, you know, celebrating Christmas or whatever other thing, it makes sense that people would want to keep that up after leaving religion behind. Again, I didn't have that because I wasn't allowed to celebrate Christmas. I just picked that stuff up. I know a lot of Jewish people here who are secular, don't believe in religion or any of the other stuff that goes along with it, but they still light the menorah every year on Hanukkah. They still give out gifts. They still observe the rituals. They still observe the Sabbath and all of the other stuff. So some people most definitely carry parts of their religion out with them. Not in my case. There's nothing of real value with Jehovah's Witnesses, in my opinion, that's worth keeping. Hey, this is Jerry from Tennessee. I was wondering, did Jehovah's Witnesses have to fill out the Selective Services Act since they don't believe in military service? Thank you, Owen. I love your show. Have a good night. Good question. Uh, yes, as a matter of fact, they do. So for women out there who didn't know about this, when you turn 18 years old, men have to sign up for the draft basically you have to go to like a government website and enter your name and your date of birth and some other information basically telling them that you are fit to serve in the event that you need to be drafted to whatever whatever jehovah's witnesses do go through with that that being said they don't submit to the draft so if they are drafted they refuse on moral grounds or whatever other thing, on religious grounds. They will not join the military no matter what. Even if they have them on, you know, the back lines doing, like, dishes for people or washing clothes or 
even doing administrative stuff. They absolutely refuse to be involved in any war under any circumstances, no matter what. Of course, in some countries, military service is mandatory. You have to join the military for some period of time. Like, I think in Israel, that's legally mandated. You have to, in Mexico too, I think, you legally have to join the military. Russia, I think, is another one. For like a year or two years, you have to be in the military, and then you're done. Jehovah's Witnesses actually, in some cases, instructed their members to bribe government officials to get the card that says that you served. No joke. Break a law to prevent themselves from going into military service, even if it's like some standard thing where you're just washing bedsheets for people. You can't even do that. It's just crazy, dude. Really bad. Anyway, Jehovah's Witnesses are terrible in a lot of ways. Anyway, thanks for the, uh, the voicemail. It was a pretty interesting question. Hey, Owen, this is Hannah. I live in New York State, and I was curious if Jehovah's Witnesses are as much into multi-level marketing companies as, say, the um, Mormons are, you know, and why or why not. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, I appreciate the voicemail. That's an interesting question. I know when I was younger, my mom was into MLMs like um, Mary Kay, for example, or there were some Tupperware sales companies around that were basically MLMs that my mom used to hold events for and other things like that. So yeah, I would say they're definitely into MLMs. Jehovah's Witnesses are notoriously opposed to college education and thus their average income is significantly lower than the rest of the population. So they'll do everything they can to make a penny anywhere that they possibly can. So yeah, I would say they are definitely into MLMs. And they're also really into anti-anxiety and anti-depression medicine. There's like an epidemic among Jehovah's Witnesses of you know, anti-anxiety medicine because they're so stressed all the time. They're so depressed. They're so unhappy. So they have to take medicine to keep them going. Uh, kind of sad, honestly. Hi, Owen. This is Kaya from California. Recently, I've been seeing a lot of posts on social media talking about um, getting rid of social-emotional learning in schools. Now, I work as a preschool teacher of sorts, and that's like a big part of our curriculum. What's the deal with that? Why do fundamentalists want to get rid of that don't they want well-adjusted adults in the future thanks appreciate the voicemail the answer is no they don't as i'm sure you know they don't seem to want well-adjusted adults but here's something kind of interesting there's something called the f scale it was created after world war ii to determine the type of person that would be most likely to follow hitler and obey his you know wishes and commands and stuff it was cre it's a personality test created in 1947 by Theodore W. Adorno. Let me just list a few things on this personality test. You tell me if they sound familiar. Conventionalism. Uh, conformity to traditional societal norms and values. Authoritarian submission. A passive notion toward adhering to conventional norms and values. Authoritarian aggression. Punishing and condemning individuals who don't adhere to conventional values. Adherence to religion and ethics. Superstition. Power and toughness. Sounding familiar? Anti-interception or 
rejection of all inwardness, of the subjective, the imaginative, and the tender-minded, and of self-criticism, destructiveness and cynicism, generalized hostility, vilification of the human, projectivity, the disposition to believe that wild and dangerous things go on in the world, the projection outwards of unconscious emotional impulses, and exaggerated concern with sexual goings-on. Any of it sound familiar? This stands for the fascism scale, FYI. The F scale is the basically the fascism scale. It is used to determine how likely you are to fall for what people like Hitler are selling. Or Donald Trump. They're selling the same thing, ultimately. And what you said about the emotional learning scale or, or the emotional learning system having well-adjusted adults. No, they don't want that. They want to reject imaginativeness, tender-mindedness, self-criticism. They want to focus in on what's going on sexually with people. They want to focus in on superstition and religion. They have an unhealthy obsession with conventionalism and traditionalism. Anyway, thank you for the voicemail. Yeah, they don't want well-adjusted adults. They want extremists. Hey, Owen. It's Jim from Utah again. Just figured I'd say thank you for a couple things. Um, a bit of background for the first. I'm guessing a kingdom hall must have just come up recently because uh, about a week or two ago, there were Jehovah's Witnesses all over my neighborhood, and I've been here nearly 30 years and never saw one. But anyway, uh, a pair came up, up to my door, and you know I remembered heard everything you were saying about how to get them to leave you alone without being rude. So he started he started his little spiel and then asked if we could talk more about Jehovah, and I just told him I've got no problem with you, but your religion would consider me an apostate. He just thanked me, shook my hand, and uh, left nicely. And the other thing I wanted to say thank you for was showing off that link mug. It was awesome. I had to get one myself. Thanks. Bye. Awesome. I appreciate the voicemail. That's fantastic. Yeah, this is my link mug. Uh, I got it on Amazon, I think. It's really good. You found coffee is what I think it says. Yeah, just search for it on Amazon. I'm sure it'll pop up. I love that mug to death. Anyway, yeah, the best way to get rid of a Jehovah's Witness is to tell them to put you on the do not call list. That has worked for me consistently. They have a list that they use so that they don't like bother people in the neighborhood, basically. They won't come back for like 10 more years to see if you still live there at that point. But yeah, telling them you're an apostate works too. That's a quick and easy solution. They really don't like apostates. They're not afraid of much. They're not, a, they're not afraid of Nazis. They're not afraid of extremists or nutcases. I mean, I know people who've had guns pulled on them before. They're not afraid of anything. But they are afraid of apostates. So there's that. If you want to get rid of a Jehovah's Witness, that's a quick and easy way to do it. Anyway, thanks for the voicemail. I appreciate that. Next, we're going to talk about the governor of Oklahoma giving the entire state over to the ownership of a minority group, Jesus and his followers. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description.
Father, we just claim Oklahoma for you. Every square inch, we claim it for you in the name of Jesus. This is Kevin Stitt. He is the governor of Oklahoma, and he just said he's claiming Oklahoma every square inch for Jesus with the authority vested in him from the power of the state as governor. He gives it to Jesus. Is this not violating state church separation? I mean, this is a clear violation of it if I've ever seen one, right? This guy goes on a lot of TV shows that I watch to criticize. Like, I watch this show called Flashpoint, for example. It's a far-right extremist pro-Trump TV show that's owned and operated by Kenneth Copeland. This guy appears on there fairly regularly. He's been on at least one or two episodes and spreads the most vile, anti-LGBT, anti-anything, anti-immigrant, anti-whatever rhetoric that I have ever heard. He is absolutely out there. Unfortunately, he won his recent election for governor, so he's going to be governor for another four years. But leading up to the election, or maybe the day after, I guess it was the day after the 2022 midterms where he was reelected as governor, he came out there and swore the state of Oklahoma over to Jesus in a disturbing speech with his wife. Listen to it in its entirety. Father, we can do nothing apart from you. And we know we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and darkness. And Father, we just come against that. We just lose your will over our state right now in the name of Jesus. We just thank you that we claim Oklahoma for you as the authority that I have as governor and the spiritual authority and the physical authority that you give me. I claim Oklahoma for you that we will be a light to the spiritual and physical authority that he's given him. He has claimed Oklahoma for Jesus. Our country and to the world right here from our state. And we thank you that your will is done on Tuesday. And Father, that you... Oh, I guess this is slightly before the midterm elections happened. It's probably a publicity stunt to try to get evangelical nutcases to vote for him. From my understanding, he was right in the middle of some corruption accusations from some people. I think his opponent endorsed his Democratic opponent originally, like right before the election took place, surprisingly. You know how bad you got to mess up to get a Republican to endorse your Democratic opponent as another Republican? You've got to really mess something up for that to happen. So yeah, needless to say, the guy's terrible. And what's more... His state has a higher murder rate, a higher basically crime rate across the board per capita, higher than New York City. The reason I say that is actually because this comes from Kevin Sitt. He made a bunch of claims about New York City, my home city. This is where I live, New York City. And the claims that he made were incorrect, of course. Let me give you the actual facts here just to make sure. He had a governor debate between himself and his opponent the, a couple days before Election Day. And famously, Joy Hoffmeister, which was the other gubernatorial candidate, the other governor candidate, claimed that Oklahoma has a higher violent crime rate than New York and California. According to this article, this is on OKCFox.com. It's a news outlet. 
Here's a quote. It was something Governor Kevin Stitt laughed off, but the statistics say it is true. Oklahoma does have a higher violent crime rate than New York and California. Here's what Hoffmeister said, quote, so let's talk about the facts. The fact is rates of violent crime are higher in Oklahoma under your watch. Stitt just said, it's not true. Boom, just like that. And suddenly he's out of trouble. He just says it's not true. And everybody believes him, despite the fact that it is true. Oklahoma has a higher violent crime rate than New York. But, you know, he gave it to Jesus. He gave the land to Jesus. That's what matters, right? Hoffmeister said, quote, then in New York and California, that's a fact. It's also a fact that medical marijuana and then Stitt interrupted and said, hang on, Oklahomans. Do you believe we have higher crime than New York or California? That's what she just said. It is. high. I don't give a shit what people think. That's the case. He doesn't care if it's the case or not. What he cares about is convincing poor gullible suckers that he's doing a better job than he actually is. And we all have Jesus to thank for that better job that he purports to be doing, right? Despite the fact that under his watch, Oklahoma is a worse place to live than the two bastions of liberalism, California and New York. The two things that he criticizes more than anything in the world, New York and California, are better places to live than his home state. You'd think that he would catch on and change things up, but no, of course not. Keep listening. Father, that you will do have your way with our state, with our education system. Have your way with our state. Sounds hot. With everything within the, uh, the, the, the walls behind me and the rooms behind me, Lord, that you will root out corruption. You'll bring the right people into this building, Father, from now on. This dude is terrible in every way. And again, he won his election. He's going to be governor for four more years, but he is absolutely awful. He, I, you know, I'm not even convinced. I'm not even sure how religious he is. Maybe he is super religious. I don't know. But I'll tell you this. He's most definitely using religion as a bludgeon to hurt other people, to get his way, to get himself ahead in his political career. So maybe he is truly, honestly religious. But I know for a fact if Jesus were alive today, he'd be disgusted at what some people are doing at how they're using religion to their advantage and then tossing it aside. Now, there are other goings on in the United States regarding Christian nationalism. There are a lot of Christian nationalists out there right now. So I wanted to cover a few of them, not just Kevin Stitt, but I wanted to see what some of the others are up to. Now, there's a guy named Tony Perkins. This is him on the right here. I've covered him a few times. He's the leader of something called, I think, Family Research Council, FRC. It's basically a far-right extremist Republican think tank that comes up with policy positions, comes up with ideas and Supreme Court suggestions, federal court suggestions, things like that. Kind of like the Heritage Foundation or the Federalist Society or, or any of the others. And they propose all of this stuff to Republicans in Congress. I don't know if there's an equivalent to it on the left. I don't think there is. But anyway, that's generally what they do. He's the leader of the Family Research Council. The guy on the right here is Tony Perkins. He is vehemently anti-gay marriage, absolutely hates the LGBT community and complains about it constantly. It's ridiculous. So he is talking to this fine looking gentleman right here. 
early November 2022, and they decide to have a conversation about Christian nationalism, of course. What else? Listen to what they had to say here. We, the people, praying to God for deliverance from, from the errors of the left, need to restore the country, and we have the means to do it. Praying for deliverance from the errors of the left. This is intertwining seamlessly religion and politics, if I have ever seen it. To do it. Heavenly Father, please instill in us the courage to turn out to the polls, to elect godly people, and instill in the leaders whom we elect the courage to make change. Courage often seems to be, Lord, what is most missing and most needed, but let us draw on your strength and remember you in everything that we do in order that our government can be returned to the people in, in, so that we may be a godly country. And that My God, dude, it does not get much more Christian nationalists than that. That is pretty on the nose. And that our leaders can be counted on as people of God. Lord, be with everyone as they consider their duty and their opportunity to vote and as they turn out to make the right selections in this election in order that this country under God may continue for our children and our grandchildren in accordance with your will at all times, Almighty Father. Amen. This is insane, dude. This is the antithesis of what the Founding Fathers wanted. There's some weird, like, borderline religious cult that that stands behind the founding fathers, you know, Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin and all those other people, Jan John Hancock and so on and so forth. And they have this weird, unhealthy obsession with them. But I can tell you this without a shadow of a doubt, the founding fathers would be absolutely disgusted at this type of thing right here. Absolutely disgusted, no doubt. I mean, some of them were religious, very religious. Not, not many of them, but a few, right? It's mixing the two inextricably that would have been so disgusting, honestly. So they decide to address, I mean, we just watch blatant Christian nationalism right in front of us, right? But they decide to address the term Christian nationalism. This is from early October, 2022. Again, Tony Perkins and another fellow right here. This is on the Family Research Council uh, Twitter account, I think is where I got this. When I hear them using this term, Christian nationalism, just as you said, bringing their faith into the public square, to me, that sounds like American history. It's not about bringing their faith into the public square. You're perfectly allowed to bring it into the public square. It's bringing it into government that's the problem. Bringing your faith into government and using government to legislate faith, forcing others to do as you do. That is the problem. You've always been allowed to stand on a street corner in the public square and scream whatever nonsense you wanted. That's not the same as Christian nationalism. But the fact that they're using the term Christian nationalist right now so much and trying to defend themselves against those accusations and things like that is an indication that they recognize how harmful that branding is to them. They recognize that it's going to be an obstacle to overcome for their brand. Now, the, the people that we're watching here, Family Research Council, Leader, and other affiliates have millions of dollars to spend on market research and studies and 
They are incredibly well-connected. They talk to people in the movement regularly. And we can use that knowledge that they bring to the table to make a determination about what things we should be pushing, which subjects we should be focused on, and which names and ideas we should be discussing the most. The fact that they are, seem to be so vehemently opposed to the term Christian nationalist, the fact that they seem to be trying to like take it back, if you will, or defend it or whatever, should be an indication to us that they believe that the name Christian nationalist or the accusation is hurting them. And I think they're right. When people accurately identify them as Christian nationalists, I think it hurts their brand. I think that's what we're witnessing them covertly revealing to the audience. And I think we need to focus in on it. Now, keep listening to what he says here. He, of course, he's going to twist history around into something unrecognizable. But yeah, keep listening. Sounds like American history, uh, because faith played a very key role in the shaping of this country. What key role specifically? What happened? Tell me. What specific thing happened as a, as a direct result of faith that couldn't have happened otherwise? Or in what way did it shape the country? I'll wait. All of the things that these people purport to stand for now, the Founding Fathers were deeply opposed to. For example, abortion rights. Benjamin Franklin, a Founding Father, had a recipe for a concoction you could make to induce an abortion at home. Like, all of the stuff that they're talking about, all the stuff that they love so much, Founding Fathers were either the conditions at the time either did not exist, you know, with regards to, like, gun rights, guns in their current form didn't exist, or the Founding Fathers explicitly stood in favor of the things that they're talking about or stood opposed to the things that they are in favor of. Like the abortion rights thing, right? The founding fathers were in favor of abortion rights. They're opposed to it. Christian nationalism. The founding fathers were opposed to Christian nationalism. They are for it. They are in direct contradiction with what the founding fathers said about various different subjects. But I don't, I think they realize that. I don't think they care. I don't think it matters to them. I think they're going to continue spreading this vile nonsense and claim that the Founding Fathers stood for it, despite the fact that they didn't. In the shaping of this country. You know, that's absolutely right. From the um, Pilgrim settlements and uh, all the colonial settlements, really, to our founding era. Well, the Pilgrims were religious nutcases, weren't they? It's been a while since I read about that history, but they didn't really have much to do with shaping the laws in the country, did they? And didn't the pilgrims do some absolutely messed up shit? I mean, it's it's been a while since I've looked into it, but I seem to remember something about that. To our founding era, America's founders were profoundly influenced by Christian ideas through the abolitionist movement, through the civil rights movement. Oh, 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 okay. You know what? Earlier I asked, in what way was it shaped by Christianity? And here I got my answer. They believed that everything good that happened throughout U.S. history was thanks to Christians. That's funny because slave owners were actually using the Bible as a defense for owning slaves. So I'm simply going to reject that one about the abolitionist movement. I, you're, you're wrong on that, plain and simple. And second, what the civil rights movement here, another 
interesting point. Do you know that the KKK is ultra mega religious? They're religious extremists, and they were super opposed to the civil rights movement at the time? Weird, right? It wasn't Christians pushing for all of these changes. In large part, it was secularists. All of the groundwork secularists laid over the decades, the centuries. Christian extremists, Christian nationalists are now coming in and taking credit for all of that hard work. Anybody surprised by that? Profoundly influenced by Christian ideas through the abolitionist movement, through the civil rights movement, the Quakers and penal reform, opposition to Native American removal. Christians have been at the forefront of... Wow, I love it. The Quakers. You have to go back to one tiny little subset of Christians that are completely separated from like every other, from like the government and everything entirely. You have to go all the way back to them to find an example of a Christian that was in favor of a good thing, basically, at that time. That's a really interesting point that he just made. Been at the forefront of fighting for liberty and equality for all Americans. And it's just a, um, I think you're exactly right. It's a scare tactic to try to make it seem illegitimate for Christians to bring their faith into the public square. And there you go. That's absolutely fascinating. This is a, this is them trying to rehabilitate the term Christian nationalist because they recognize that it is a deeply unpopular thing. So they're trying to take it back, if you will. Fascinating to watch. Here's another example of Tony Perkins talking about basically taking over the world. Listen to this one, early May 2021. I know it sounds hyperbolic. It's not. It's not. Listen to this. We should be, you know, happy warriors. We were created for this. It wasn't like this is just something that happens to fall upon us at this moment. We were created to be warriors for Christ, especially as men. We're to lead our families. Okay, just the language up front in this is deeply disturbing. Calling yourself a warrior for Jesus like that, it's just, it's not good already, but it gets worse. Families as warriors. Now, that terminology has been, you know, maligned by the culture that we're, you know, these, um, you know, Christian warriors from a... I don't think that needs to be maligned. I think that's just deeply disturbing at its face. Calling yourself a warrior for Jesus? Do you know what the last warriors for Jesus went around and did? If I remember, something about the Crusades, right? Didn't they do, like, the Crusades or something like that? You know, these people call for new Crusades all the time. Like, nobody needed to malign this. It already had a bad reputation. We're, you know, these um, you know, Christian warriors from a standpoint of we're trying to take over the world. Yeah, we are. The kingdom, yeah, from a the kingdom of aspect. God. We yeah. want to see everyone come to the fullness. Of- Said the quiet part out loud there, didn't he? Yeah, the Crusades were not a popular time in human history. They were not something you look back to fondly. They were basically a holocaust. That's that's what the Crusades were, right? They're calling for another. Seems to me here. Am I mistaken? Am I misunderstanding? What? Tell me in the comments if I'm mishearing what he's saying here the gospel of Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life. And that means we're going to have to wage warfare. We're going to have to, and it's not physical warfare. It's not. Okay, at least he qualified it with that for the moment. But, you know, that's what Tony Perkins personally, that's what he does. He propagandizes and twists things around just a little bit. You know, if you want to sail from Spain 
to New York City. You get in a ship and you take off and you have a very specific direction that you're going. You're using like a, a compass and you've got it tilted to this number of degrees, right? So 231 degrees or something like that. And you, you go out on your trip, but you notice that the wheel is turned just a little bit, like just five degrees to the left. By the time you land in America, that slight five-degree difference lands you all the way in Florida rather than New York City. Just twisting things around a little bit, just a hair, leads you to a completely different place. It leads you down a path that you would never expect to be down. Most of the disagreements in society uh, among Trump supporters or you know anybody to the left of Biden supporters or whoever else, most of the disagreements are based on just the smallest, slightest little things that really seem inconsequential at their face, like they don't matter at all. But that slight disagreement that we have on this thing or that thing lands people in completely different areas, like La La Land. Like, we're not even in the same universe anymore. The slightest political difference is all it takes to lead you to a completely different spot. Now, this guy seems to think that it's a good idea to spread Christianity to the world by force. And we've seen where that idea leads us. It seems like a little thing, like not a big deal. He wants a Christian nationalist state. Okay, well, th that's not so bad. We've seen the results of something like that. It was called the Crusades. Trust me when I say we don't want that again. Here's another example of a Christian nationalist. This guy's name is Steve Deese. He is on The Blaze. It's a TV network that's run by Glenn Beck. I think it's owned and operated by Glenn Beck. If you're unfamiliar with him, it's not super relevant, but he's like a Mormon and a far-right wingnut. Other notable people on the Blaze Network, Elijah Schaefer. I think Dave Rubin is or was on there. I'm not sure if he still is. Steve Deese, of course, is on here. Uh, this guy is absolutely unhinged. Listen to what he had to say recently about the Christian nationalist movement and what liberals, quote-unquote, are trying to do to your kids. Late September 2022. We all, I think, understand. And if you don't, don't worry. I'm going to keep leaning on you until you get there. We all, I think, by now, understand the old model of going to a happy-go-lucky church, watching Fox News all week long in between, and then... Okay, that right there, that's unhealthy. You should not be doing that, dude. That's not good at all. Does this guy have a sticker of Ruth Bader Ginsburg on his laptop? and then being the silent majority and voting for the red wave to save us is a relic of a bygone era. And won't yeah, that's because they all leaned into Donald Trump and it ended badly for them. The, the leadership in the Republican Party is failing them terribly. But again, you see how he's kind of naturally intertwined religion and politics? They're one and the same now. There was a time when we went to church and watched Fox News in between, it's natural to believe that that's just what you do. If you go to church, you're a far-right extremist. They are one in the same in this guy's mind. Majority and voting for the red wave to save us is a relic of a bygone era and won't cut it. Okay, this is a long pause. 
the pause was still going by the time I paused. That's weird, dude. He's about to say something really profound, isn't he? Wow. The silence is deafening. What is he going to say? It doesn't matter which rhino you decide to vote for for Congress. They're teabagging your kids at the public library down the... Whoa! Okay. (laughs) All right. Wow. That was unexpected, actually. I did not see that one coming. What is going through this guy's head? What does he believe is happening at public libraries? Seriously. Okay, drag queen events are just theater. They're not even trans people a lot of the time. It's just people dressing up in theater garb and reading or putting on a show or whatever. There is a long-storied history of people dressing up and performing for an audience like this. I mean, Rudy Giuliani did this. He dressed up as a woman and did this whole drag queen bit with uh, Donald Trump forever ago, like years ago. There are a billion examples of this. Didn't Shakespeare characters do this? This is not the big deal that they want to make it out to be. They're just looking for something that they can use as a bludgeon against anybody to the left of hunting the homeless for sport. And they've found drag queen events. So not only are they going to demonize them and claim that they're evil and they're sick and blah, 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 blah. They're also apparently going to claim they're teabagging your kids at the public library down the street with drag queens. It can't just be I don't agree with them politically. It has to be something absolutely absurd like this. Oh, my God, dude. Does it get more like cartoonishly bizarre than this? I shouldn't say that because it most definitely does. We're beyond this now. We're beyond it. As I said, God, I, I, <laughs> when I saw this and I heard that big long pause, I did, I, I knew something crazy was about to come out of his mouth, but I did not expect it to be that crazy, honestly. No, we're beyond it. As I said last hour, at this point, with very limited exceptions, elections in America are total depravity versus managed decay. It's sad that Trump succeeded so gloriously in destroying democracy in the United States. On the one hand, when people distrust the uh, the electoral system the way that Republicans do, the way that this guy does, they tend not to vote very often. They, They don't vote as much. It's a voter suppression tactic to make people distrust the election process or results or whatever. So Republicans are kind of doing it to themselves. But in the process, they're eroding democracy. They are destroying the foundations upon which it was built. And that has ripple effect. It's not just the effect of, oh, we're going to have to go through 15 lawsuits to take the governorship. It doesn't just have the effect of, oh, these people are going to refuse to certify in this one county, thus throwing out a certain number of votes. It has more effects than that. If people distrust the system that got, you know, these politicians put into office, the politicians themselves or the judges that were put into office by those politicians or any number of other people within the hierarchy start to lose credibility, legitimacy, and they start to lose respect for the positions that they are in. Look at what happened to the Supreme Court. After Trump screamed about election integrity and the democracy has fallen apart and blah, 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 the Supreme Court 
basically fell apart completely. They they don't even care anymore. I mean, the Republicans on the Supreme Court right now have completely given up. They aren't even trying to pretend that they have any level of legitimacy anymore. They're just going about their business, pushing through draconian, insane laws and opinions, erasing people's rights to this thing and that thing is they just don't care you know democracy is dead and they're just going to kill it even further in their minds it seems to me when democracy is eroded the way that trump set out to do everybody from the top down gives up on it who uh, distrusts the election system they all give up on it and we can see a prime example of that with the, the republican side of the supreme court right now it's honestly sad the positive side of this, though, I always like to leave you guys with the positive. Let me lay this one on you. In the 2022 election, the midterm election, one thing was clearly decided, if nothing else. The American people are sick of the election denial stuff. Oh, and they're sick of Trump, too. Donald Trump endorsed a bunch of election deniers, spread a bunch of election conspiracies around. Anybody who spread election conspiracies, by and large, lost their election. I think a, a couple of them won. But out of the hundreds or hell, maybe even thousands of people who ran for office in the 2022 midterms, only a few who denied the election results actually took office. So that's a good sign. Yes, democracy is in bad shape right now in the U.S., but it is bouncing back. So I don't know. Let me know what you think about all that. Tell me in the comments, is this getting better? Is democracy in the U.S. improving? Next, we're going to talk about full-blown QAnon or Liz Crokin's absolutely unhinged ideas about the elites and a speech she gave to Donald Trump at Mar-a-Lago. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. You know, we know that the White Hats and President Trump and Q freed Kim Jong-un. And we know that North Korea was under control of the cabal and the deep state. I don't think that Kim Jong-un is the monster the mainstream media has depicted him to be. I mean, they depict President Trump as being a monster, and, and he's the one that's saving humanity from the leap. This is Liz Crokin, QAnoner extraordinaire. Nutter butter of epic proportions, naturally. <laughs> God, she is unhinged. Seriously. Oh, my God. Well, she went on this podcast recently to talk about a speech that she gave at Donald Trump's home, Mar-a-Lago. And I actually have the speech that she gave there that we're going to listen to that in a second. I've heard some other people talking about this clip of her referring to it and talking about conspiracy theories and stuff, but I haven't seen this clip bouncing around yet, so this will be a first for most of YouTube, I think. Check out what she had to say here. Mid-December 2022, she comes on to talk about how much more welcoming the world is to people who believe the way that she does. I got the privilege and the honor to speak at Mar-a-Lago about Pizzagate um, at the fundraiser 
um, at the cocktail reception that we had outside by the pool um, before we went to the ballroom for dinner. And, you know, six years ago, you know, I, I was a lone soldier fighting this. No one wanted to even say the word Pizzagate because the media had so successfully um, redefined what it is and it was so taboo. Oh my God, this is crazy. If you don't know what Pizzagate is, it's this bizarre conspiracy theory that came around like, I think during the 2016 election cycle. There's a guy named John Podesta, I think is his name. He was like Hillary Clinton's campaign manager, I think. And he was a victim of something called a spear phishing attack. Basically, they targeted Podesta in these campaigns to basically send him fake links to like his Apple ID, for example. Like he'd get an email or a text message or something saying, we need you to sign into your Apple ID to resolve some issue or your PayPal account or something. And when he clicks on it, it looks exactly like Apple's website or Gmail's website or whatever host he has for his email account. I don't know who hosts his email. It'll look exactly like it. So he would type in his username and his password, and it would redirect him to the actual website where he has to type it in again. It's a weird little bug, but you think nothing of it. Well, now the person who sent you the fake link in the first place has your login information. So Hillary's campaign manager was the victim of a spear phishing attack. That's what that's called. And they got his login for his email address. They log into his email. They download all of the emails from his computer. They send a... This is Russia that's doing this, by the by. This is proven without a shadow of a doubt, unequivocally. They send the emails into WikiLeaks to Julian Assange, and Julian Assange releases the Podesta emails, is what they were called. QAnon conspiracy theorists. QAnon was young. It was in its infancy. In fact, this conspiracy theory didn't even start with QAnon. It came along before QAnon, which didn't actually come along until 2017. But QAnon eventually picked up the Pizzagate conspiracy. So these conspiracy theorists start combing through these emails and find mentions of Comet Ping Pong and Pizza Parlor or whatever. It, it's just this pizza place in Washington, D.C., where politicians go to eat sometimes. And they fixated on it, believing that there's some secret message embedded in this. Guys talking about getting pizza and hot dogs and soda. It must mean something other than he wants to get pizza and hot dog and soda, right? So they thought that it was code for basically human trafficking of children. That, that is the Pizzagate conspiracy theory. So there's like this massive belief currently to this day that there is like a basement in Comet Ping Pong Pizza Parlor or whatever it's called where they send them through, send children through tunnels underground and it's this big trafficking ring that happens and it got so much reach in social media that somebody actually showed up with a weapon ready to do something about it, ready to find this basement and free these kids. There is no basement in Comet Ping Pong. It doesn't exist. There is no conspiracy. So anyway, that's what Liz Crokin is talking about. The Pizzagate conspiracy theory. Apparently, she gave a big talk at Mar-a-Lago right in front of Donald Trump and all of his supporters. 
about how real Pizzagate is and how we should super care about what's happening with it. Like I said, Pizzagate happened before QAnon actually existed, but QAnon picked it up eventually. There was a period of time where QAnon didn't really believe that Pizzagate was real, but eventually it did pick it up. And all of the all of the people who were willing to believe that Pizzagate was real in the first place were also likely to blindly accept what QAnon had to say. So it was kind of the same, you know, fan base working there. Anyway, keep listening to what Liz Crokin had to say here. I wanted to even say the word Pizzagate because the media had so successfully um, redefined what it is and it was so... T- no, they didn't redefine it. It was nonsense from the start. Pizzagate was nonsense from the start that actually got people hurt. Taboo, and I can't even tell you how badly I was ostracized for talking about Pizzagate exposure. Rightfully so. It was nonsense, and it got people hurt. Again, there were actually people that showed up there to protest and busted in with weapons to force their way into this basement. Seriously. A basement that does not exist. They posted pictures of the staff there and their family and stuff. No joke, it got real. The staff members of Comet Ping Pong were targeted directly by these people in disturbing ways. Bomb threats and all kinds of stuff. Ostracized for talking about Pizzagate, exposing Pizzagate and how many friends I lost and what a lonely... Good, good. ...journey it was. So to go from, you know, um, that to being at... Our logo and being able to freely talk about Pizzagate there and say this is real and there's no more tiptoeing around anymore was just an incredible experience. So the bottom line is that Donald Trump is courting these people. He is trying to attract the QAnon types. As a matter of fact, interestingly enough, there are a bunch of QAnoners out there that Donald Trump specifically invited, like QAnon celebrities, invited to his 2024 announcement speech for president. He's courting these people. He wants them to be part of his power base. He wants to be a religious leader to these people. I mean, here's just one example of a full-blown QAnon celebrity. This is why this guy is famous for being a QAnoner, at least as big as me, like his channel. He's on Telegram and some other places, and he is at least as famous and, and, you know, as influential as I am, maybe even more so. This is Brandon Dilly. I just got invited to Mar-a-Lago for President Trump's announcement tomorrow night. So I am going down to Mar-a-Lago tomorrow. Uh, I'm leaving immediately after the show is over. I am flying in. Okay, l- let me give you a, a little tip there. Brandon, I think. It, yeah, Brent, Brendan, I'm sorry. Yeah, Brendan is, is his name. If you have a voice like that, you can't yell. I'm sorry. It's not acceptable. You can't do it. So just letting you know. I'm being picked up by mad liberals at the airport, and I am heading to Mar-a-Lago for an announcement from President Donnie J. Trump. And uh, I am extremely nervous about this. Because as you know, I am a basement-dwelling nerd who lives in his mother's uh, house and doesn't normally go out into the public. So anyways, point is Donald Trump's been courting these people for a while. He knows exactly where his power base is, and it is in QAnon. 
He knows he can convince these gullible suckers of absolutely anything. So here is the actual speech that she gave at Mar-a-Lago, mid-December 2022. Check this out. And then we had Balenciaga come out. And I know most of you are probably aware that Balenciaga was exploiting children in their ads, but it's also important to note that some of the top people working at Balenciaga yeah, the whole Balenciaga thing, I don't want to get into it. There was just a, like what seemed like a single guy who thought it would be clever to place a few specific things in frame to mess with people. And it's frustrating and ridiculous and stupid. But I don't think there's like it, it's not a signal to like all of the other, you know, sick people out there looking for I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. It's like back in the, the 1980s. There's this satanic panic where people believed that Satanists were slipping secret messages to each other, like little codes to each other through the things that they purchase and through TV shows. And it was just little symbols like Jay-Z throwing up the, the triangle symbol to show he's part of the, the Illuminati. Why would anybody throw out little hints like that? that? That's ridiculous. Just really think about this for like three seconds and you'll realize how stupid and ridiculous this idea is there are no satanists out there there are no like csa perpetrators out there trying to signal to each other it was just a guy at balenciaga messing around and being an idiot more than likely now if there was something illegal happening arrest them investigate and arrest but it doesn't seem like there's anything illegal happening at balenciaga they're just being idiots it seems to me but you know, she's got to make a conspiracy out of everything, right? I mean, she's the one that believes in Pizzagate of all things. ...to note that some of the top people working at Balenciaga were also openly promoting cannibalism, satanic ritualistic abuse, uh, blood rituals, child abuse. I mean, some of the... Wait, she says they were openly promoting these things? Well, if it's open, then it means the public should be able to find it, right? If it's not open, it wouldn't be easy to find. We should be able to have proof of this. Where's the proof? Are you trying to tell me that she's completely lying about this? You mean to tell me that she's full of it? That they were not openly doing these things? That she's looking for some way to validate her own beliefs and ideas? Without providing evidence? Oh, oh, and again, what she said there about satanic rituals and all that stuff? This is nonsense. There are not satanic rituals taking place. It's like we live in the 80s all over again with the satanic panic. This is nuts, dude. Child abuse? I mean, some of the worst stuff you've ever seen. Now, when Pizzagate came out in 2016... This is... This is... Her speech at Mar-a-Lago, remember. Donald Trump invited her to Mar-a-Lago knowing who she is and what she is famous for and invited her to give a speech about Pizzagate, Balenciaga, and all the other garbage. A lot of associates of the Clintons share very similar content on their social media pages. And I encourage you to look into... John and to Tony Podesta's art. Oh my God, dude. Back to the Podesta stuff, Podesta emails. Remember, this is 
the origin of Pizzagate. The dude was having a normal conversation about meeting somebody for pizza at a pizza place, Comet Ping Pong something or other, and they spun that up into a conspiracy theory where people were being trafficked and they had a basement with tunnels under there and there's a huge ring when Trump is trying to bust in and fix everything and arrest all the perpetrators and all this other it's just crazy dude and here we are back at podesta all over again she has an unhealthy obsession and really needs mental help no joke you know it's like there's a there there is definitely a difference between a delusion a full-blown clinical delusion as defined in the dsm-5 the the diagnostics and statistical manual of mental conditions right there's a difference between that and the type of delusion that we see coming from people uh, you know televangelists or, or ultra religious people who believe this thing or that thing or whatever else there's a difference and the difference is hypothetically it should be possible to cure somebody with medicine if this is actually a delusional clinically delusional state that they are experiencing it should be it should all come down to a brain state like a problem with a chemical imbalance in their brain right if it's actually a clinical case of delusion it should be able to be cured with medicine hypothetically it, it, maybe the medicine doesn't exist yet but it should be able to, right? In her case, I don't think it could be cured with medicine because it doesn't seem to be a chemical imbalance. It seems to be a mass delusion, a shared delusion that isn't necessarily caused by brain states. It's caused by brainwashing. So delusion probably isn't the right word to describe what she's experiencing, but it is absolutely indistinguishable from full-blown clinical delusion as described in the DSM-5. It is absolutely crazy to watch. To look into John and to Tony Podesta's art. Tony Podesta had art all over his home promoting... Remember, we're wa this is a, a speech at Mar-a-Lago in front of Donald Trump. John Podesta had a painting in his campaign office as he was working for Hillary Clinton's campaign depicting cannibalism. Balenciaga, Pizzagate, the Podestas, it all ties together. And I also would encourage you to research the name Rachel Chandler. Yeah, I have no idea who that is. I may end up blanking that word out after. I should probably have looked into that. I remember thinking that I should look into it before airing that word. But yeah, I may cut it out. Anyway. indistinguishable from delusion indistinguishable is it right to call this delusion i mean it's probably not clinical delusion most likely maybe it is but they look exactly the same man and she gave this speech in front of trump and i don't even know how many other people before we continue i just wanted to mention something if you like what i do and you want to see me continue to do it you can support me in a few ways first there's patreon that's probably the best way but if you want to get something back for your support you can check out my teespring or you can check out my telltale unfiltered channel i go through long form unhinged sermons from all kinds of people from hank koneman to greg Locke to jehovah's witnesses so give it a look links are in the description okay now back to the video that is not even close to the strangest thing she said not even close Listen to what she has to say here about brainwashing kids. The Illuminati, the elites, they use the Wizard of Oz to 
mind control child slaves. They use they use different media. Alice in Wonderland is another one. They use different Disney movies and certain films to program children. And part of the programming is having them watch these films, and they also see them uh, chew and and they and they physically abuse them because the splits their personality and creates different personalities. Yeah, this is all straight out of the QAnon handbook. This is part of the belief system. This is absolutely unhinged stuff. Straight up unhinged stuff. This is, again, not even the craziest. We're about to get to the craziest stuff. We're almost there. But the fact that she believes this stuff in the first place is truly disgusting. Their heads are absolutely in the gutter 24-7 for them to even come up with something like this. This is a pure, blatant lie, obviously. They are not... Who is they, anyways? They, this mysterious ambiguous group out there they that are trying to brainwash children or whatever they are not trying to brainwash children by using the wizard of oz and the movie alice in wonderland and did you catch what she said at the end that they split their personalities they shatter their personalities by showing them this or that or whatever else no they don't it doesn't work that way in psychology tell Prove to me you don't know anything about psychology in 10 words or less. They have no idea what they're talking about. But the truly disturbing thing about all of this is that they came up with this stuff in the first place. To have even said this stuff is deeply disturbing. It means somebody sat down and came up with this stuff, came up with these ideas about how they would go about abducting kids or, or taking advantage of them or, or whatever other thing. And they wrote that down and pretended that people to the left of hunting the homeless for sport are doing that. Like, seriously, where are their heads that they believe things like this? Uh, to, and, and, they, and they physically abuse them because that splits their personality and creates different personalities. So then they are able to program them and control them and they, they virtually become MK Ultra, MK Ultra programming. It's completely made up. All of it is completely made up. You know, I don't even think that's the worst of it. What we're watching right now is a, an unfiltered, unadulterated, full-blown QAnoner spreading her QAnon belief system. I mean, it's it's bizarre, but it's honestly fascinating to pick up on what they believe, learn about the beliefs that they have. And it's extremely valuable to learn about this stuff because QAnon likes to use subtle messaging and dog whistles because they believe that's what everybody else is doing, like all the left-wing liberals who are like taking advantage of people they're all sending out secret messages and all this other garbage so QAnon is actually openly sending out secret messages they they say they claim like we're putting out this message so that you know all the other QAnoners will catch on to this and they'll see it and they'll know hey that's for me like absolutely unhinged stuff dude mid-august 2022 i just want to give you an idea of the types of people trump's inviting to his home to give speeches the white hats tainted white hats by the by are supposed to be like part of a military group that's secretly in control they're the good guys that are 
swaying things in the righteous direction. They're the ones that got Trump put into office. They fought off the bad guys in the military, and they would side with Trump in a second. Other QAnon leaders claim that they were appointed by the White Hats. There is no White Hat military. It doesn't exist. It's just a made-up secret organization of people who are working for good in their eyes in the military. Anyway, keep listening here. The White Hats tainted the elite's adrenochrome supply with the coronavirus, and that's... Okay, adrenochrome is this supposed secret drug that elites take that gives them this crazy high or something. It's not even real. I mean, there is adrenochrome. It's a byproduct of adrenaline in our system. It's not hard to obtain. You can buy it on eBay. It's out there. And it doesn't give you a high. People who have taken adrenochrome just report having a mild headache. That's it. It doesn't really do anything for you. They came up with this idea that it's a drug from the movie Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I saw this movie years ago. It was hilarious with Johnny Depp. But they actually believe that it, it really is like a real drug that people take. And their claim is you have to get it from a live victim, basically. And it has to be a kid, ideally. And that's why all the trafficking is taking place. It's completely made up, all of it. But, you know, this is their pretext for justifying literally any action to save the children. It's nuts. With the coronavirus. And that's why so many members of the elites are getting the coronavirus, if indeed they do have their coronavirus. Um, yeah, this is from 2021, I believe. So she says, <laughs> she said the white hats in the military tainted the elite's adrenochrome supply with coronavirus, and that's why they have coronavirus, if they have coronavirus. Well, which is it? Do they have it? If they have it, how do you know they got it from the quote-unquote white hats tainting their supply? If the white hats have access to the supply of the elites or whatever, why don't they just arrest them for this stuff? Like, no, just th the most rudimentary amount of thought put into anything along this line, any one of these steps would just shatter it to pieces. But she and her listeners are not putting in the most basic amount of thought. So adrenochrome is a drug that the elites love. It comes from children. The drug is extracted from the pituitary gland of Adrenal gland is what she meant to say. Again, it's a byproduct of adrenaline in the blood. It does not give you a high or anything. It's just oxygenated adrenaline. That's it. If people wanted adrenaline, you can get pure adrenaline in the form of an EpiPen. People have EpiPens. You can buy EpiPens in case you go into anaphylactic shock or something. They're not that rare, not that hard to get your hands on. It's not doesn't produce some crazy high or any of that stuff. You know, if you want something that will produce a high like that, just jump straight to Coke or meth or something like that. Like, you don't need to go through this huge song and dance with, you know, taking kids and trafficking and extracting adrenochrome and blah, blah, blah. You don't need to do any of that. Like, this is all made up. Again, every step of logic along the way is nonsense and can be knocked down with the most basic critical thinking and they don't do it they don't put in the most basic thought they just 
hear it repeated from somebody they trust, Liz Crokin in this case, and then they repeat it to their family members. Blows me away. Children. It's sold on the black market. No, it isn't. It's easy to access. It's the drug of the elites. No. It's their favorite drug. It is beyond evil. It's demonic. It is so sick. So there is a theory that... What she means is, I'm about to make something up completely. Or, I have absolutely no evidence for what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyways. That the White Hats tainted their adrenochrome supply. Okay, she's repeating herself now. She said this like, she's just going in circles at this point. She said this stuff like three times already. Okay, great. We heard that at the beginning. Their adrenochrome supply with... The coronavirus. <laughs> oh my God, dude. She is absolutely unhinged. And sadly, I had to censor a bunch of stuff out. I can't just play stuff all willy-nilly on here. Understandably, you know, there are kids that watch this stuff too. So you got to be careful what you play on this thing. But it gets even crazier than what you've seen, to say the least. Well, we're over time on this segment, but let's just watch one more here. Late March 2020. This is after COVID appeared, and we were dealing with some lockdowns here or there, right? Uh, like state-level lockdowns. I don't think there's ever a federal lockdown. If you're frustrated that you're self-quarantined right now, if you're pissed that you can't go to a restaurant right now or you can't go to the gym or whatever. Remember, QAnoners were super opposed to lockdowns. They thought they were trying to do some weird population control thing or, or some other nonsense, right? Keep listening. Ever? Just remember, the reason why you're self-quarantined right now is because of these sickos. They're so be mad at them. It's President Trump and the White Hats that have sacrificed everything to eradicate this evil from the earth. Okay, uh, I'm not sure. Is she saying that at the time she believed that COVID was used to eradicate the evil sickos from the earth? Is she saying that Trump planned this whole thing and that the lockdowns were intended to keep QAnoners safe while Trump eradicated the bad guys? And if you are feel like complaining because you're bored in your home for a few weeks, let me tell you something. Please tell me. If you... Being bored in your home for a few weeks is the biggest sacrifice you have to pay. So are wiped off the streets and another child. Had me in the first half, not going to lie. <laughs> if, the, if the biggest price you have to pay is to be bored, okay, I'm with you. Go on. I like this. Absolutely. If that's the price you have to pay to keep people safe, and then she goes completely off the rails. It's not actually about keeping people safe. It's about some absolutely unhinged QAnon stuff. Is never again? That is a really, really small price to pay. Okay, yeah. So that's Liz Crokin. <laughs> God, she is so entertaining. Some of the crazy stuff she says. Oh my God. You don't usually come across somebody who just like, comes out there and says this kind of thing. Not not often, right? And she was at Mar-a-Lago giving a Trump 
I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, giving a speech at Donald Trump's. Uh, we should make Trump a verb, right? Giving a Trump to somebody. She was giving a speech at Donald Trump's house or resort or whatever you call it. Absolutely unhinged stuff, dude. Uh, there's if there's one thing that I think that we can reliably guarantee. It's that Donald Trump has decided to lean into and appeal to QAnoners and the far right. He wants them to be his people. He wants to prop up QAnon to the best of his ability. And I think we're going to see more of that as the election draws closer, the 2024 election. Anyway, let me know what you think about that. Let me know if you want to see more stuff like this in the comments. Blue Ridger 28, a bored suburban mom with an internet connection. Pretty much. Pretty much. That's what this person is. Absolutely unhinged. I have no idea how she came to these conclusions, but my God, dude, it's entertaining to listen to some of this. The White Hats and President Trump and Q freed Kim Jong-un. And we know that North Korea was under control of the cabal and the deep state. I don't think that Kim Jong-un is the monster the mainstream media has depicted him to be. I mean, they depict President Trump as... You know, QAnon is actually very closely linked with Russia. A lot of pro-Russian conspiracy theories come straight out of QAnon, which tells me that they're being fed to QAnon. There's absolutely no other reason that some of these very ultra-specific pro-Putin, pro-Russia conspiracy theories would filter through QAnon. Like anti-Ukraine, pro-war conspiracies come straight out of the QAnon pipeline. That tells me Putin has his fingers on the scales. It tells me they have a line straight from Putin. So when you hear things coming out of QAnon, you should probably think about how that thing would benefit Russia in the end. I find it really interesting that she talked about Kim Jong-un, of all people, and him being freed from the deep state and all that other stuff, talking positively about Kim Jong-un. Like he has some special role to play. That is probably straight from Russia. Seriously. I just tried to look it up. Without further info, there are way too many Rachel Chandlers to narrow it down. Interesting. I appreciate the uh, super chat, Mark Smith. Well, here's the thing. You're not on old Telegram, are you? I have access to some far, far right pro-Trump Telegram channels that are invite only because I've tried to infiltrate some of these groups. Let's see. Let me see if I just search her name. Rachel Chandler. Stu Peters is talking about her. She's also mentioned in the Donald Trump subreddit and the praying medic. Will be interesting to see if Rachel Chandler turns out to be one of the witnesses testifying against G. Uh, G Lane Maxwell, I think how it's pronounced. Allison Mack testified in the Nexium case. Okay, so is Rachel Chandler testifying against G Lane Maxwell? Here's another mention. This is in the Donald Trump telegram channel 65,000 subbies invite only if the records become unsealed much will be revealed watch the news for rachel chandler q oh it's a q drop okay mystery third conspirator is on the docket what if her record becomes unsealed and spirit cooking becomes unveiled to the normies how poetic if chandler is the third candle to finally light up the night i don't know what any of this means chandler is short for child handler, supposedly. These people are sick. I guess this is supposed to be some kind of a secret message. Chandler is child handler. If the records become unsealed, much will be revealed. Watch the news for Rachel, Rachel Chandler. There you go. It's just one of their deep, Q, deep lore Q posts or whatever. If you don't know how QAnon works, 
It's basically a guy, a, a single poster, a guy who posts on a message board that calls himself Q Clearance Patriot, and he posts cryptic stuff like this. If the records become unsealed, much will be revealed. Watch the news for Rachel Chandler. Basically meaningless garbage that nobody understands, and the QAnoners come along and they try to make sense of it. That's it. They come up with all kinds of conspiracy theories revolving around it, and that's what apparently Liz Crokin was referring to with Rachel Chandler or whatever other thing. It's all complete nonsense. Only three of the Telegram channels I follow mentioned it. The Praying Medic, top QAnon interpreter. The Donald Trump Telegram channel, which is really big. It's it's probably the top Telegram channel for Trump. It's also invite only. And then Stu Peters mentioned it too. He's a complete nutcase. Apparently, according to Stu Peters, she's tied to Jeffrey Epstein. I don't even know if that's true. Who knows? So anyway, yeah, I, who really knows what goes through these people's heads? They're completely disconnected from reality in basically every way. So that's Rachel Chandler, apparently. Thanks for the uh, super chat. When you look into witchcraft trials, female victims often thought their own children are being targeted, while the men thought it was them personally being targeted or their possessions. Feel familiar? That's kind of interesting. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of moral panic over children that is how moral panic is spread that's why q that's part of the reason why QAnon got a foothold so quickly was by using the save the children hashtag save the children memes back in the 80s the satanic panic was all about saving children from satanic ritual abuse and stuff like that it was all made up from the very beginning but if you can get people freaked out about something happening to their kids they're being groomed, they're being sacrificed or, or ritually abused by the Church of Satan, or they're being trafficked by Podesta in Pizzagate or whatever other nonsense. You can get people whipped into a blood frenzy over that. They'll be willing to do anything to resolve it, anything. And we see the exact same pattern right now with the LGBT community that we did in the 80s with the Satanic Panic. We see the exact same pattern with the trans community, claiming that they're trying to convert our children. I mean, QAnon itself is just a Nazi cult rebranded. All of the claims that they make about, you know, elites and all that stuff, it's all just rebranded Nazi propaganda. Seriously, if you don't believe me on that, I've released some videos on my main channel about how similar they are. They are it's basically just a rebranded Nazi cult. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, there's Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and coffee cups and stuff on there. You can also check out my other channels. I have a Telltale Unfiltered YouTube channel where I go through long-form videos like Kent Hovind's seminar series, Jehovah's Witnesses TV show, and televangelists prophesying about politics. And finally, you can check out my social media. If you have a question for me, the best way to ask it is to tweet it at me. I'm on there all the time so check it out all links are in the description as always anyways that's all i've got for you thanks for listening